Welcome to this Bible study series as we look at some of the useful tools to help us understand how we should read and interpret the Bible, also known as hermeneutics. Now, hermeneutics isn't just important for pastors and teachers. It's important for every single Christian that wants to read the Bible. Hermeneutics are the principles that govern the way in how you and I read the Bible. Now, right from the outset, let me make a statement that I hope would encourage you to stick with me in watching this series. It is possible to study the Bible incorrectly. Now, don't let that discourage you from reading your Bible. That's not the point I'm trying to make. What I want to show you quickly is that if we read the Bible incorrectly, then it can really mess up our theology, which then means that we have an incorrect understanding of who God is and therefore our relationship with him. You see, bad hermeneutics are misapplied by false teachers all the time. And the truth is, if read incorrectly, you can force the Bible to say whatever you want. Now let me give you some examples. What would you say if I told you that the Bible makes the statement, there is no God? And I'm hoping that you'd be shocked, but turn with me now to Psalm 14. Because in Psalm 14, it says, The fool in his heart says, there is no God. Do you feel tricked? Good. False teachers do this all the time, especially the prosperity type teachers that misapply Bible verses. This is called proof texting, and it's possible to grab a pool of Bible verses out of context and affirm any sort of lie that you want. Now let me give you another classic example with another Bible verse, this time from the Gospel of Luke. The verse I want us to look at is, so if you worship me, it will be yours. Remarkably, this verse has found its way onto so many key rings and calendars and t-shirts, and wow, it's such a good encouraging verse, right? You can have anything that you want if you just worship this person. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 4 verse 7 and let us read this in context. And then I hope that you're sitting down. Because when we turn to Luke chapter 4, we can see that this verse is concerning the temptation of Jesus as he was tested in the wilderness. Now it's Satan that is the one speaking here and he's testing our Lord to see if he will turn and worship him, the devil. Misinterpretation is all around us. That's the devil saying, if you worship me, it will all be yours. Now let me give you a few moments you can go and throw that tea cloth away that you might have with this Bible verse on it. Another popular verse that you see on t-shirts is Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. The verse reads, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And of course, the him here referred to is Jesus. And this is a popular verse used by many to, to self-talk positivity whilst looking in the mirror before a, a job interview or dreaming of becoming a professional footballer. But what's actually going on here? Now let's use some of the rules in hermeneutics and look at this in context. Philippians was one of 13 letters, otherwise known as epistles, written by the Apostle Paul and is dated towards the end of a two-year prison stay in Rome. The recipient of his letter is the church he planted in Macedonia. So let's take a look at that verse again, Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. The Apostle Paul writes, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. 
So does this mean that we can do anything and everything that we set our minds to? And is this how God wants us to understand this verse? No, of course not. Our, our lived experience on this world tells us that this can't be true. The context of this verse focuses on a God-given power to endure any circumstance, including trials. Remember, Paul here is writing from prison. The verse before this says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. You see the context of this verse. Paul here is talking about contentment, not abundance. Paul has faced seasons of abundance, yet he also faced many trials for his faith. And we, we hear about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul shared with us many of his sufferings up to that point. He goes on to say five times that he received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. He was beaten with rods three times. He was pelted with stones and left for dead. He was shipwrecked three times. He'd been constantly on the move. He'd been in danger from rivers, in, in danger from bandits, in danger from fellow Jews and Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea and in danger from false believers. He had laboured and toiled and had gone without sleep. He'd known hunger. He'd known thirst. He'd been cold and he'd been naked. But yet, despite these things, Paul believed and taught that he could persevere because he could do, and here's our verse, all things through him who gives him strength. Also, we need to note that the focus on this whole chapter, uh, chapter 4 in Philippians, is what the believer can do through the strength that Christ gives. This is not a promise that Christians will have some sort of superpowers or that they will be invincible or immune to life's challenges. Instead, the promise of Philippians chapter 4 is that we will have strength from the Lord through his Holy Spirit to faithfully endure when the trials and difficulties arise in life for those in Christ. This passage isn't about financial abundance or amazing careers. False teachers will tell you that God will bless you financially if you're faithful. And often this is around the subject of giving, isn't it? But in contrast, Paul taught that the believer will endure suffering but can be content in any circumstance given Christ's strength. Now, just as Christ faithfully endured on the cross, his followers can faithfully endure the problems that they face. In fact, if you read a couple of verses before, that's Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Paul was focused on contentment, not abundance. Now, I hope you're beginning to see why it's so important to understand the real meaning of a Bible verse and not just insert what we want it to mean, because just as we've explained, it can often mean the opposite to what false teachers teach. You see, these are not just simple mistakes that have no consequence. By misapplying God's word and taking what he has said out of context, we begin to distort the very nature of the correct character of God and also our relationship with him. And I have seen the pain and confusion firsthand from people that claim Bible verses like this one that we've just been discussing. 
and they believe that they can do anything and then whatever it was that they had their dreams fixed on whilst clutching onto this Bible verse, when it didn't materialise, not only do they end up disappointed, but also looking around, questioning their faith and also the authenticity of God's word. They feel like the carpet is pulled from under their feet. They end up blaming God for not keeping a promise he didn't even make in the first place. Misinterpretation and twisting a scripture is not only easy, it's unfortunately all too common. So I'm hoping that you're beginning to see that by you having the correct tools to enable you to study the Bible correctly, it is something that you'll see as being crucial to you as you grow in your faith, knowledge and love for the Lord. And of course, I want to make the important points that hermeneutics isn't downplaying the important role that the Holy Spirit plays when teaching you biblical truth whilst you read the Bible. Knowing how to study using good hermeneutics will give you great tools for the, the correct interpretation and also help you undo many of the bad habits that you would have no doubt picked up from our culture today. For example, it can be a popular thing that people try to read the text in a self-centred way. People often read the Bible as if they are David facing Goliath or Abraham or Moses or even taking prophecies that were about Israel and trying to apply them to their own lives. So what is this strange word, hermeneutics? It's the art and science of biblical interpretation. Although it's a, a bit of a strange word, it isn't a word that you should find intimidating, or a word that we should think only concerns pastors or Bible teachers. I'm hoping that by just a few of the examples that we've discussed that you will see why this is also very important for every single Christian. So what are some of the principles that we consider when we, we study hermeneutics? Well, first, we consider the original biblical languages. The Old Testament was mainly written in Hebrew with a, a tiny bit of Aramaic. And then the, the New Testament was written in Greek. That's the first thing that we ponder as we read an English translation of our scripture. Next, we consider the genre of a style of writing that we're about to read. Because the Bible is a collection of 66 individual books made up of wisdom, songs, letters, poems, history, prophecy, biography. It's important that before you, you read a passage, you understand what you're about to read. Because for an example, you wouldn't read Song of Songs in the same way that you would read one of the Gospels, which is a, a biography of the life of Jesus. And then we look at the historical context. When in history was this written? Who was the human author? Who were they writing to? Who are the people mentioned? As, as well as looking at where this book actually fits into God's redemptive story told in the Bible. And by knowing these things, this helps us understand what the author intended to say about the text. Knowing how to read your Bible is crucial. When we read your Bible, we need to be able to discern the truth. You can't rely on your feelings. The Bible isn't a book that is designed to be read this way. We want to know and understand what it means to God and how he intends us to understand and apply the text in our lives. Otherwise, we end up knowing a caricature of God and almost recreate his nature in our minds. I said Jesus is inserting one's own opinions into the text and it's so common. Mainly because this type of subjective postmodern stance where everyone has a valid opinion and whatever it means to you, then great. 
good for you. But by knowing, knowing how to read the Bible properly, you'll be able to protect yourself from false teaching and with the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to apply the truth of Scripture in your own life. And one last thing before we go. The Bible was not written to us, but it was written for us. Let's say that again. We have to remember that the Bible was not written to us, but it was written for us. As an example, when Paul was writing one of his epistles to the Galatian churches, he, he was doing so with real people in mind. People with real problems. So we have to understand the context the human intended recipients of that letter and by using and applying a correct study of hermeneutics this allows us not only to to get an insight into who the audience was but also understand what we need to know about that message and how we should apply it in our lives today i hope this video has been an encouragement to you look out for future videos as we look at different aspects of hermeneutics and Bible study tools. And remember to subscribe so that you can watch the next one. God bless you and thank you for listening.